Welcome in. Welcome, welcome. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. There are days where it's easier to do this show than others. It's not one of those days, Bo Brock. He's Bo Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. Like this video. Subscribe to PHNX Sports here on YouTube. Breaking news following the Cardinals' abrupt 21-point collapse yesterday to the New York Giants. Bo, Buda Baker is going on injured reserve for an indefinite amount of time. Certainly could be three weeks, could be longer than that. What do you got? You had a chance to speak with John and the Gannon. Yeah, it's, there's some conflicting reports. I'm pretty sure it's four weeks. There's no, uh, there's retroactive. no retroactive. There's no retroactive as far as IR goes. Uh, yesterday doesn't count. He was officially placed on injured reserve today. I could stand to be corrected. I don't believe that's that's going to change. Uh, but yeah, he, he'll be eligible in four weeks from now to return from injured reserve. And everything that we felt that we knew to be true, like Buda Baker doesn't miss games. Uh, you know, he's, he's superhuman. He, one thing is for sure. He's the heart and soul of this defense and this, this organization. Uh, they're going to be missing him for the next couple of weeks. No doubt about it. As he recovers from a hamstring injury that came out of nowhere at the end of their prep week for the New York giants, they sorely missed him on Sunday and they're going to continue to miss him the next couple games. I don't care who they're playing. Actually. I don't care if they're playing Arizona state this week, they're going to miss Buda Baker. It's frustrating uh, because again, when you watched our show Friday and we had <laughs> not gotten the updates pertaining to his status, it just assumed that oh, just a little Nick he'll play Sunday. And then, over the Twitter streets, the the next 24 to 48 hours, it became ev evident to us and to others that, no, 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 he's got a real shot to miss the game. He misses the game. The game takes a horrific turn in the second half that he likely would have alleviated some of that because he's an all-pro safety. And now it's like, hey, by the way, you're going to be without your franchise quarterback for the first half of the season, potentially. Now your best overall player and the heart and soul, Bo, as you mentioned, of your defense, Buda Baker, gone. I mean, it... It's a difficult, difficult blow, and it, I think it makes yesterday all the more frustrating. Uh, I'm not going to be naive and sit here and say, like, the Cardinals have a great chance to win one of these next three games, especially one of the next two weeks. They're already a 13-point dog this week against the Dallas Cowboys. Like, you need to, to try to grab one of these first two wins here because I, I do believe there's going to be a ripple-down effect, a trickle-down effect now of of starting winless and what does that mean and of course everybody externally has already started well the cardinals what's the point right they've been competitive throw it away buda baker's gone no i'm serious that's out there like why should they even compete and i i i credit gannon i know a lot of people are coming after jg today and rightfully so it was a coaching error yesterday that led to the collapse but i mean this team's they've covered and they played competitive football for two weeks and they just continue to get blow after blow it's it's really disheartening i mean before the season even began in 2022 they were down tremendous as far as the shape of their roster i mean right. you were dealing with a, a retired center that you coaxed back out on the field who was not healthy justin Pugh went down you had injuries all up and down you had the suspension of deandre hopkins you were that that roster and throughout the season was gutted and riddled with injury uh where this like this, this is brutal, right? I mean, absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, but you look at it in, in how it impacts the, the game, where the Arizona Cardinals had like, like little to zero margin for error. Now right. I feel like they're in the negative now. Like As far as not having Buda Baker, I feel like they are in the negative and just have to make some good plays, just get back to neutral as far as margin for error going forward. And it's going to be important for them to, to figure out some depth. Now they signed Quantrez Knight, a guy off the practice squad from the San Francisco 49ers. You can watch him play in the preseason, and he looks like a very Buda Baker light type guy torpedoing around, uh, you know, ball carriers and, and on, on defense for the Niners. But, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, as far as where they fell short yesterday, you know, they have Andre uh, Sachere playing 93% of the snaps, basically coming off and being elevated or signed off the practice squad. And then you've got the D line that was down to five guys. That's supposed to be a rotation when they're playing two to three guys each and every down. And you lose Carlos Watkins early in that game to a, a biceps injury that could potentially be, you know, IR worthy, just like LJ Collery suffered. So they were, they're down big as far as in the back end of their defense and the front end of their defense. And we saw that, you know, that just 
kind of festered and to guys like Marco Wilson and the, the rest of the secondary having a tough day. It's frustrating because, again, we think back to March and this team was not active in free agency and they were clowning. People were clowning the front seven for this team. I'm talking specifically about their defensive line. Yeah, they, I would say that a lot of people, this is like the worst collection of defensive linemen and they proved us wrong in week one. And now it's kind of a shell of that unit. Now you lose your your defensive captain and your secondary. And I, I thought Jalen Thompson and Kayvon Wallace played well yesterday. All things considered, Jalen Thompson's a really good player. Yes. But at Had the end pick. of the day, it's, you, can, you can only sustain so many body blows. I mean, it's a talent league. It's a talent-driven league. I was going to come on even before this Buddha news today and get on my high horse about, like, think about all the talent that's been subtracting. you kind of done this already to this team over the last two years. Chandler Jones and DeAndre Hopkins and Rodney Hudson and Christian Kirk, Zach Allen, J.J. Watt, Byron Murphy, A.J. Green played good football once upon a time. These are guys that made up their starting units on either side of the ball. All of them have been removed, right? Some of them all pros, pro bowlers, and now this is what you're left with. And you're trying to mitigate and see you know, who can step up, who's worth keeping around. They did not go out and spend a bunch of money. They are supplementing a lot of their needs with draft picks, undrafted guys, you know, journeymen around the NFL. And we understand, and we poke fun out of it, we understand what they're doing. In the grand scheme of things, it's about evaluation for 2023. But man, it... I. That's great. That's great Monday through Saturday. It's it's a great talking point for our show. I believe in the long-term vision. This is going to get more and more difficult for the coaching staff every loss they sustain. It's it's been two heartbreaking losses and now you go into the the juggernaut portion of your schedule and it's going to be SOS Kyler Murray come save us win us a, win us a football game. I mean, they they are not projected to win another game this year. One game and I think some of these lines are, are going to get a little bit worse for wear when, when you factor in your defensive line. Yesterday looked like the one in the second half that we all projected it would be before the start of the year. Now no Buda Baker. I mean, it, it's going to take every ounce of coaching from Nick Rouse and Jonathan Gannon, who I have immense confidence in. Like, But you can't supplement talent in the NFL. It can only get you so far. Especially at this stage of the season. I mean, right. they're in the offseason. You've got players available, and you can trust your scouting. And I think they did a pretty – damn good job of that with relative unknowns coming in and making impacts early on. And then those guys are even gone and it's brutal, but don't you dare say that Blaine Clark. Don't you ever say that? Never ever say Johnny making me miss all those players. We are, no, but, here, but here's what I will say to Blaine. Kime with all those players. That's that we never will never miss Kime ever. No, it's the reason that the roster is so brutally depleted. I mean, it, it his, his his inability to draft players, especially beyond day one and two, and really didn't have a whole lot of success during those rounds either. Uh, it, it just crushed the depth on this roster. It was so top heavy, and and it was built through free agency and it was built through trades. I I agree with that. Not a smart way to build your team. I do think, in the grand scheme of things, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. If this team is sitting in November. And I hope to, to the football gods, this is not the case. And they're still looking for their first win and the pressure mounts and people start to, to bury them for this year, even more. So it's just like, could you have opened up the checkbook a little bit in March and gotten some guys on one to two year contracts and front loaded that money? You're going to have 70, $80 million next off season. Like you still have to play the games in, in 2023. And that was our point during free agency. It's like, I get it. Hoarding draft picks, I love that mindset. They're set up for success. Marvin Harrison Jr., Joel, give me everybody next April. We're going to talk about that. But like on a Sunday like this, on a Sunday against Baltimore at home, on a Sunday at Seattle, like you got to have the horses to go in there and compete. You can't be shelving out a practice squad level front seven. And that's kind of the point I made on yesterday's postgame show. I'm like, everybody's frustrated and I get that. And everybody wants to talk about Gannon not making adjustments, but like, Let's be real. That that front seven, that defensive tackle group in the fourth quarter yesterday, like name me five players on that defensive line. Name me these backups and these safeties for this team outside of Jalen Thompson and Kayvon Wallace. And Kayvon Wallace joined the team a, a half minute ago. Yeah. It, it It's only going to get compounded over 17 games. So it it's a very tactical move long term. But you better ensure that you can get the chips enough this year I mean, everybody knows last year was a disaster. They still won four games. I mean, like, 
Lions, circa Still. 2008, right? Four games they won. I can't believe year. they won four games. Right, sometimes. but I, but but now it's like you don't have your their three best players on their team. Five months ago are gone. Kyler, D Hop, Buda Baker. I mean that it's, Kyler, it's gonna be hard to win games. Torres ACL. I don't know what you can do about that. It's just it's bad luck. It's it's, um, it's part of the game. You can handle the quarterback situation better than you did, so you win week one at Washington. We've we've talked about that. Sure, I guess. I, I but I'm not sitting here and saying, hey, you need to be more active in March. We we know what NFL free agency is fool's gold. It, it, like the different like. Trying to identify the difference between a guy that you're going to have to throw, you know, some guaranteed dollars on and the guys that the Arizona Cardinals identified that fit their scheme and one of the strengths of Monty Austinfort. And I'm, I am all about trusting the organization right now and having this delayed gratification as far as wading through these rough, the rough beginning of this rebuild, because it, that's what it is. It's pre-flight. It's, it's the beginning of the rebuild. And they're getting through this. And sure, it sucks to have injuries along the way to your to stars that you can't that you, you can't stand to lose. But I'm not sitting there and saying, hey, let's go give up eight million dollars so you can go get somebody who's above a, a replacement value, you know, defensive lineman. It's just I don't even think they were out there. It, it was it was a rough, it was a tough free agency for the position and draft for the position and to say like Monty Osford, go out there and just throw it at there just for, you know, just so you can be a little bit more competitive. I would much rather stockpile that cap space, roll it over, take all that draft capital and really, and especially with your scouting department, your front office in place, get after it in 2024. It was all about cleaning up the, it was hitting the reset button Cleaning up the mess from Kime and crew, and moving forward, and in and keeping your head above water throughout the season. I don't think that that's that's that that's in danger at all of not being able to keep your head above water throughout the season. I'm not. Si- I'm saying sign Javon Hargraves as a 30 year old. That's not what I assume. That's not. Deal. I didn't assume that either. But but I mean, like you got to be able to put a product on the field that can help secure you wins this year for the betterment of the, the organization. Like they've led into the fourth quarter in two games, but they haven't won either one of them. And like, I know you're, you're talking about like they've fumbled this is, the quarterback. This, the NFL is hard. The NFL well, is not, so fucking hard. Harder. It is so hard to win, especially when you don't have like they, they are developing, they're developing a culture. They've got their, their three main coaches and Gannon and Rollis and Petsing, they are they're babies in this league. It's their first their first two games. Like you're gonna take your lumps if you didn't think you were gonna take your lumps, uh, roster wise, coaching wise, front office wise. You're a bit. I, I think it's a bit uh, naive. I think I think it's a, and I'm not saying they're foolish. I think it's a foolish mindset to stash an additional ten million dollars of the twenty million you had and not go out and help your team this year for for moments and, and instances like this to help fortify because you win yesterday if you've invested at least a, a quarter more onto your defensive line your potential pass rush your secondary right what do you mean they they got lj collier he tears oh, his biceps he's, made, he's making like the vet minimum but they signed like him because they because the organization viewed lj collier what the fuck's the difference between lj collier and the guy that you're gonna have to pay uh, you know the next salary on the on the NFL free agent hierarchy. Like they, they realize that that's fool's gold. NFL free agent, you said yourself, but he gets hurt. Lucky Fotu gets hurt. It's bad luck. You have two of your big defensive linemen get hurt. It's, I mean, it going, being more aggressive for free agency, it doesn't, it doesn't help that if it's, if it's not Fotu, if it's not Collier, it might be somebody else that goes down. I am fearful for this team over 17 weeks for their opportunity to, to win games at this point, because I think you had two golden opportunities and one in five is a lot different than Owen six, Owen seven, Owen eight, save us Kyler, right? You want to get to a point in the season where you can bank a couple victories, feel good about what you've done this year. I do not want the narrative for this team. And we are trending this way. You, you'd be naive to believe that this is not in the back of their mind. How long until we can win a game? Is it going to happen? Right, because then I saw the Cardinals go up a power ranking recently. There, there are teams that are playing themselves below the Cardinals, which, which we know uh, to, be, to be true. Right, and I, look, I know, I understand. Like for th- that's that's all well and good, but let's let's not get crazy here and like, oh man, would you rather watch 
uh, a win over Washington, a win over New York. Would you rather see Marvin Harrison wear an Arizona Cardinals uniform next next spring? I I, I don't think it's going to be the difference between Marvin Harrison Jr. Could being be. Not. There was a difference between oh. Lovey Smith and getting this Houston team to win the regular season finale and them getting the top pick. It's okay. close, man. I, I'm a little fearful. I, let's see if you're speaking this tune if we're sitting here on 5 0 and 6 and K1's not back yet. And you're like, you know what? Maybe they should have spent a little bit of money to secure a W. I, I'm just, I, listen, they played well enough to win these first two games. They haven't. And now they've lost a bunch of players. And now the schedule gets really hard. So, I, yeah, I just, I, I'm a little bit frustrated with the fact that, hey, you know what? You get Dobbs here in March, you pay him like the 200 grand he wanted, you win week one. Clearly, they beat the Commanders week one if Dobbs is here for six months instead of six days because of what we saw yesterday. That's mm. frustrating. That that was a mistake. You want to talk to me about culture? It was pinching pennies in March because you had a belief that Colt McCoy was going to be able to help you, which was not the right decision. That was dumb. That was yeah. foolish, and they paid for it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the reason, not the players in my opinion, they're the reason they're 0-2, and they know that, and it's a joint effort with the coaching staff and the general manager, and I I, I get it. Tank job. It's all part of the plan. Like I, It's it's all well and good. We can we can fool around with that. When's there, when are they going to get a W? Producer um, Damon, put the schedule up if you could. I want to see the schedule right now. I want everybody to tell me because <laughs> I was convinced they were winning one of these first two games. They should have won both of them. Where's the W for this team right now? Because here, if you guys if you guys say Houston, so you think this team at 0-10 is not going to be feeling the pressure to win a game. Of course they are. You want that for, for this group? You want that for Michael Wilson and Paris Johnson Jr.? No, you don't want that. Come on. I, I want these guys to know what it feels like to win and not have to play under the pressure of, oh, are we going to go winless? Because the Lions and the Browns went winless in 0-16 seasons. You don't have Diop. And DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker and your defensive line is now practice squad eligible for the entire thing. It's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be it really tough. It is gonna be tough. Hey, and we've preached that it's gonna be tough. And it's Somebody's gonna be you... bears in the chat. We're gonna see their first victory. No, that's not what they're saying. I mean, you just have to be patient. I know it's frustrating. Losses like yesterday are soul crushing. I've said that before. It, it's a punch to your gut, whatever you want to call it. It sucks to see two dubs get ripped from your from your 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 eyes that you were watching back to back weeks. That absolutely blows. But at the same token, when I see this the schedule and I see how they've played, and I see the lumps that they've taken, and I see that you know this is a coaching staff that not isn't going to just make the same mistakes twice. That there's wins on this schedule. You just have to be patient. Now, you know, it's daunting week three against Dallas and it's daunting week four against San Francisco. And we know what the Bengals are capable of if they can get back on track. And what the hell is going on in Los Angeles? Talking about a great coaching job going on there with the Rams. My God. Uh, and, and then, you know, Seattle, Baltimore, Cleveland. But then you got Falcons. You got the Houston Texans. You've got, you know, Pittsburgh that, isn't played great. And then, yeah, you've got the Bears who have been god-awful. There's there's wins on the schedule to build confidence in a locker room and build confidence on a coaching staff. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's there just because these didn't happen. I think that if they get the wins in week one and week two or, you know, split. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about it. They you do. make some house money. I, th- I think with, yes, your house money and you're ahead of schedule. And that's that would be amazing to feel right now. But it's it, it just it's but it's according to plan right now. Whose plan? I, I don't like it's the plan. Rebuild. It's a I rebuild. Don't like, I don't like the plan that right now, if you look at the plan, is projected for them to be 0-17. I don't think they're going to go 0-17. I don't you know want- they're not going 0-17. I, I don't know that. Hey, I don't want this. No, tell, my tell, them, tell the listeners, tell the viewers, you know they're not going 0-17. I don't want this for my say franchise it. to be... I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Why? You can't win in the NFL. You don't have any players. Look it's at what two you- games into the Jonathan Gannon era. And you're saying you won't even tell the, the viewers, the listeners, something that you've been Giants preaching are, for months. Washington and the Giants are awful. Come on. That's why I thought the Cardinals would win. I said this team was going to win potentially seven Has games. Sean Payton know what he thinks about Washington? Oh, my God. This this Washington's 2-0. and oh. I don't want to sit here in November and have this conversation with you again. 
Like everybody in the chat, they're trying to lose. We want to go. Tell me they're nobody, not going to go in 17. You nobody can do wants that. to go winless. Hold on, pull your big boy pants up and tell, I don't want John tell everybody. And Gannon, I don't want Jonathan Gannon to face the, the rigors of should this guy be fired if, if they're 0 and 11. I don't want that. Like, what I, have you I, watched the last two weeks? I watched a team not add pieces in the offseason and then had two winnable games to start the year. They've lost both. And now it's the hardest part of the schedule. Get up. Wake up. It's Monday. Damn it. You're killing me. I watched I watched the team compete its ass off. And they I, I fell mean, short. They made mistakes. Who is playing on the defensive line these next three weeks? Name They've three lost players. three Name of three the players. arguably three of their best defensive linemen. And, and they lost players. their best player on defense. And they and they were they had the ball they were had the lead going late into the game. It is like watching your uncles fight. And I one of them is way game. wrong. I think Johnny, were you were you drinking before this? Were you, are you drunk, Uncle? Right now? I had I had some ice coffee <laughs> and I feel great. I feel really good. <laughs> listen, listen. Yesterday's loss, it's it stings. And then this Buda Baker news comes down. It's just like I like I don't want this season. I did not expect this season to have this kind of ramifications of when are they going to win their, their only game, their, their first game? When are they, are they going to get a dub this year? Right. It's, it's going to be, it's not gonna, how I want to spend my fall. I don't want to do that. I thought that they, they would win one of these two games. They should be two and oh, they're and two. And now they're losing players left and right. I mean, like six weeks ago, we thought there'd be a good chance. Kyler Murray could come back for the first two to four weeks. Now it's like potentially what I'm hearing. It's like maybe week six to eight. Right. And then you got to be able to bring him along. It's just it, it it the pressure is going to mount. Like you, I love you like a brother. You are outside <laughs> your mind if you don't think pressure is gonna mount for this regime, even though this is all part of the plan, if you are staring down a big goose egg in in the wing column. Like legitimately, 13 point dog this week, according to our friends at DraftKings against the Cowboys, right? And it you can put out all the effort. They did these first two weeks. It should be applauded 100%. I'm not being tongue-in-cheek. And then the talent gap starts to rise, and you lose bodies. It's a defeating feeling. It absolutely is. I don't want that for my franchise. I did. I said that from the start. I don't want Kyler Murray to have to come back and save this team coming off a, a busted-up knee, and they're 0-10, 0-8. That's, that's, that's a horrible place to be. And they and they only have themselves to blame. Like They, they, they bungled the quarterback situation. It cost them a win in week one. And then the depth defensively is not is not very good. They're starting Elijah Wilkinson at left guard. He's got a 30 PFF rating. Don't say that name on this program right now. I, I got a feeling that we're going to hear it probably a couple times later in this show. Let's get to these super chats. Everybody's crushing in the chat. Uh, topic 64. Thank you so much for the 199. Super chat, uh, loyal viewer, listener. Take of two halves. Tale of two halves. Sorry. Uh, Johnny's got a couple takes today uh, that are bad. Well, and then- <laughs> my take is I don't. I I think that they they kind of botched these first two games with some decisions that happened six months ago. Yeah, that's my take. That's my take today. I'm disappointed. I can be disappointed. We yeah, absolutely. Don't tell me how I can feel. I'm Bo not Brad. telling you how you 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 should feel. You're slumping in your chair and yeah, because like- because. The, the man I trust, one of the most that I trust the most as far as this market to, mm. to tell the truth about this organization, can't even look into his camera and talk into his microphone and say that this team isn't going 0-17. Back to the Super Chats. You got to have, play, have players. They're out of players. We're running out. out of players already. We're running out of players. Topic 64, Jalen's INT for the long haul, or is in it for the long haul, guaranteed uh, I was so glad they locked him up to an extension last uh, before last season. Jalen Thompson with the pick. That was a great play. B.J. Ojolari generating pressure on that play. And then, uh, of course, Thompson picking it off. I thought it, there was a chance he might even be able to go to the house there. Uh, but they were able to cash in offensively as well. What is this uh, super chat here? Is this Mike Kafka getting into this? Is he spending his hard-earned money? Uh, hit the reset button. Absolutely. Um, then the $5 Super chat. Come on, come told on, you so. Podcast. We appreciate on, the, yeah. the $5 super chat and you tuning in. You're, you are welcome here. And then we've got uh, trade Hollywood Brown for draft picks. So Hollywood Brown touchdown yesterday. Nice little play design. Uh, little easy pitch and catch. 
there's something else too. Like people want to trade Earths and trade you. You're not trading anybody. You don't have a dub. <laughs> you're not. You're not trading anybody if you don't have a win. Everybody who wants to hoard draft picks because you're looking toward 2024. And I get that. You can't if you're Jonathan Gannon. Like you go to Monty Osford. I gotta try to get a, a win, my guy. You can't be trading my good players. That's not happening. No way. No way. Uh, a couple more super chats here. Sports Hero, five dollars. You guys are crushing already. JG's demeanor seems nonchalant and emotionless. He's high energy, and with these close losses, he would show more emotion and fight. Something's off. You remember this guy? Don't. <laughs> remember him? I do. You remember Cliff making those big eyes from behind his play sheet? I I want that the guy best. Look rattled. I want the best for JG. I I, you know, we were going to start the show today with like why can't Gannon close games, and then the Buddha news happened. Like, I, I will defend JG to the end of the earth. This is a very difficult roster to win with right now. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, it's like, it's like I a- agree with you on that. That's why I, I think, I just think that, especially, you know, where this roster is, where this coaching staff is, where this front office, I mean, Monty Osford, is, as much as we sing his praises, I get on the top of Camelback Mountain and I want to scream you to really all do. the people that Monty Osford is the truth. He took a misstep. The Joshua Dobbs thing, to your point, was a massive misstep. Getting him in, in March, he would have looked a lot better week one and that would have been a, a win for the Arizona Cardinals. I also uh, think teams play above their talent level and expectations when they don't know better at the beginning of seasons. And I think that things start to level out over the course of the year. I, that's a, con- a real concern of mine. You can play above your head at the beginning of the year and then everything else is, kind of settles down. Now, I'm hopeful that they can take these young players, especially offensively. Like, I'm much more bullish right now. It's, it's funny, a week later, the talent level of the offense is very capable. I'm, I'm concerned about the lack of bodies defensively. JG and Rallis, like, yeah, yesterday was bad, but I mean, come on. Look at that. Look at the look at the names on the on the defensive stat sheet. These are guys that probably should not be starting in NFL games. I mean, it, it's it was really tough how the week presented itself, you know, the Collier injury, the Josh Woods injury and then Buddha in the 11th hour. I mean, those are those are tough things to predict. Um and and it puts you in a tough spot on Sunday. And in your like I said, your margin for error you're almost, you know, at a, at a negative, and to to take Buddha out of that, and then to be with where you like to have. And JG said this today at his press availability. He's like, obviously, you want uh, to spread the the rotation out and the snaps out a lot more than he was able to do, and him Nick Morales were able to do on Sunday, where you're running a four man rotation for three spots at sometimes, and that's just not enough. Your guys get gassed, and you saw him get wear, worn down. Uh, you absolutely saw them get worn down. Let's uh, check back in on some of these super chats. Yeah, this is Topic Sixty Four. Another friend of the program, another super chat nine ninety nine. Thank you so much, Topic Sixty Four. I remember Buffalo, Cincinnati, San Fran, Dallas, Jacksonville. I remember when those teams were sorry. Look at those teams now. We can bounce back, and t- it takes time. I have no concern past this year. They're they're going to have so many assets, resources. It's a superstar draft class. They are going to own the draft. We've seen how they've embraced draft picks. It's everything I want. I like again the long term vision. Bo Brock, topic sixty four is this is this is the right coach, the right leadership, the right GM. They're going to have superstars on the team next year. I just I want this team to not have to worry about when their first win is going to come, and that that is my immediate concern. And I think. If you ask them behind closed doors, hey, would you have shelved out an additional five to ten million dollars to secure a win earlier? Fuck yes, they would. A hundred percent, right? They don't want to don't shake your head at me. They, they absolutely would have. They would have said, you I know disagree. what? Hindsight's 2020. We should have spent just a little bit more so we wouldn't have to worry about this. I'm, yeah, I'm we, pulling, go ahead. You gone out there and spent, you know, money. I'm looking at the defensive linemen. It's like, will you go out there and, and get yourself like a Linval Joseph for will you shell out a couple extra million for him? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I just don't think that they brought guys in that they trusted that they thought were fits for the scheme. They got hurt. I, it, it was, it was more of a, it was a, a numbers game as far as who was available instead of a numbers game as far as they didn't want to spend. They just looked at the free agent crop and they saw guys that they thought were going to fit the new scheme. And we saw at least in week one and we saw in the first half when, when guys had, you know, fresh legs and fresh lungs, 
that they were effective. They shut them out. Then what happened? <laughs> then what happened? Then those snaps kept piling up, and you had Andre right. Sachere playing 93% of the snaps, and you had guys on the D-line that Welcome were playing a ton to of snaps. Reality. Welcome to hell. and LJ Collier and Carlos Watkins were all hurt. Okay. So, I, I, just my point. Sorry. I appreciate it. it. I appreciate this. $5 free matter for the blind super chat. Disagree if you want, but I just don't see any good players coming in as free agents. If we can't get more than two wins, Kyler is our only hope. I don't disagree with that. Like I, I think, I think you guys were running to Chicago when they showed them the uh, briefcases of cash that they were going to spend on them. Like it's, no, I, be able to I, I thought he meant for this year. Like, yeah, you can't, no. I don't think there's anybody worth signing right now. Like, Maybe Kareem Hunt because I wasn't super impressed with any like Amari Dermacato didn't look very good and and Keontae Ingram you know was not James Conner right again though like the, the defense is my immediate concern hundred percent my cap my cap got five dollars super sticker thank you so much and I mean it's a t- it's a tough day we're working through some emotions and we're doing it together and I might just I might have to gamble my way through it frankly there's a couple Monday night games tonight uh, I'm gonna. For my DraftKings pick of the week, how about a double parlay for your boy? Uh, I like the Browns money line parlayed ooh, with, let's say, the New Orleans Saints. I think Dennis Allen and company are going to make uh, Bryce Young look relatively average again. So there's my DraftKings parlay pick of the week. Money line for the Browns, money line for the New Orleans Saints. And right now, we can save you some coin using bonus code PHNX. Things are heating up in the ballpark if you're following our precious Diamondbacks, they are clinging on to that last wild card berth by hook or by crook. And right now, you can make some money on postseason baseball here in September. Uh, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets by betting just a mere $5 on baseball. Right now, you can do it. Take advantage of some September baseball, some pennant runs. You'll absolutely love to see it. And do it with our friends at DraftKings. What are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that bonus code PHNX. Again, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets, just $5, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, only with bonus code PHNX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. We're excited. Terms and conditions apply. Check out the resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after. So use them now. Eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. You got to get yourself up to Shady Rays in Scottsdale. They got the uh, the store there, Kirlin Commons. Unbelievable product line. Premium polarized shades for not a premium price. You can. They like to keep their sunglasses well under a hundred bucks, and they look great. They look just like those major name brands that you're spending a lot of coin on one fifty, two hundred, somewhere upwards of three hundred bucks on sunglasses, where you don't have to pay that type of price. For Shady Rays, I've got a pair of Shady Rays right here. I got them from the store there in Carolyn Commons. Use the promo code PHNX, and I got the deal. 50% off two or more pairs of the the polarized shades. They got the fully polarized shades. They got the 50% polarized shades, which is great if you're going out there hitting the golf course. You don't want to have too much polarization. They tweak it, and they make it, and they try to get these sunglasses uh, up to the standards that you need your eyewear to be at. And why not save some money while doing so by using that promo code PHNX, either at the store or online, shadyrays.com. That's shadyrays.com with the promo code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Get and try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. You've heard from us, Jabberon, about Buda Baker and the state of this team, Bo, but you had a chance to chat with the man in charge, Jonathan Gannon, what did he have to say as it relates to the all-pro safety missing some time? This is JG just kind of breaking it down as far as uh, the move they made today. Yeah, he's going to miss some time, um, but he'll be back. So uh, put him on IR today, but uh, he'll get ready to go here pretty soon and be ready to roll. He'll, he'll be back. Uh, he'll get, you know, obviously miss some time and then be ready to roll. Obviously, contrary to, to what you know, some people are saying out there on the Twitter streets, everybody's saying, you know, oh, he got hurt on Friday, did he? And saying that there's more to this, like the the relationship be- between Buda Baker and the Arizona Cardinals. Like, he, he didn't just say, hey, I I'm going to start to hold out again in week two after the performance from the defense in week one. That like that didn't happen. He got a he got a pay raise. I mean, he was he's all yeah. in. 
Um, and he'll, his I think he'll be back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as trying to, uh, you know, fill the void left by Buda Baker, this is how JG says uh, Cardinals are going to have to approach that. We got to rally around. You're never going to, you know, replace a Buda Baker, but we got guys that we feel comfortable getting the job done, playing winning football for us. So, um, you know, everyone's just got to do their job and we'll be okay. Well, I mean, it's going to take Monty Osfort really getting out there, obviously patrolling the, uh, you know, the available players out there, practice squad, and they feel like they've got a guy in uh, Quantrez Knight and obviously Sasha Ray that was on the team before who was, yeah. who was signed to the active roster that you saw some nice things from him on, on Sunday. Uh, you got the good and the bad. Obviously, w- later in the in the game, you probably would have liked to see just better play across the board defensively, but I think Quantrez and 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 a mixture of Sasha Ray and obviously the addition of Kayvon Wallace and what JT brings to the to the table in the safety room should should be enough, right? I mean, it's not like JG said you're never going to replace Buda Baker, but it, it just by flooding the position with a few numbers should should be helpful. I like with Girthquake 416 has to say, I agree with it. Buddha played with one ankle last year. I don't believe a hamstring is going to be uh, worse than that. And I agree with that. And I also think that if there's a time for him to miss, and I, I, I'm i never one for like sacrificing games, but like get him healthy now. And maybe mm-hmm. his timeline can can sync up with Kyler Murray's timeline. Who knows? Like get, get your best players back, soft part of the schedule, stretch run this year to be able to play good football. Like, don't double down, compound this, and make it worse. And I also think, to your point, like, Gannon is a safety savant. That's it. I think that's the best position he coaches. He was fantastic with Reed Blankenship's of the world in Philadelphia. So, like, again, you're never going to replace Buda Baker, but you can can mitigate it. And, I again, if it had, I asked you this on the postgame show yesterday. Like, had Buda Baker gotten hurt Monday or Tuesday practice, like, they're probably yeah. much more prepared for that, yeah. for that instance, right? And so they'll settle down. My concern, while you would obviously love to have Buda Baker, is not as it relates to the back seven. It's the front seven. It's it's the big hog mollies, the people that can get pressure. I mean, the, Daniel Jones did whatever he wanted to yesterday in the second half. Specifically, they were missing two starting offensive linemen, and the Cardinals really could not do anything with a pass rush. They had two sacks in the first half and none in the second half. That's my biggest concern. Where is the interior pressure going to come from? They ran the football effectively with Saquon Barkley. The only reason that they had a third down in the second half in, in that closing possession was they were just trying to set up for a field goal. Like, does anybody think that the Giants wouldn't have scored that last possession had they had more time on the clock, scored a touchdown, I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't you can't fake quality defensive linemen. And and now you're missing a bunch. What you conceive were a bunch, and I don't know where, where those people are going to come from. And that's my initial point, just the investment yeah. or the lack thereof. Yeah, I, I mean – it just it it just it puts players in when you have a player the caliber of Buda Baker and he takes uh, over so much of the responsibility on defense. It just puts guys in in positions that they're probably not comfortable in, and it just it, it has a domino effect, and it's it's going to continue to have a domino effect. But you know it, it's it's odd like the off season that they had it kind of an embattled off season for Baker obviously with the report of a trade request and not being at the facility throughout that entire time until what mandatory camp and he was there, but he wasn't practicing. And then he showed up once training camp happened. And once that, you know, a couple of the raises knocked in, I wonder if there was at least some advantage to getting a guy like Sasha Ray and getting some of these guys that they had on the fields during eight OTAs and, and some of the practices throughout the off season, uh, those reps that they wouldn't necessarily have if three was out there. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't have concerns about it in terms of being prepared, looking prepared. Uh, and they look prepared yesterday, frankly, they were fantastic in the first half. They, they, they didn't miss a beat. Kayvon Wallace has been a tremendous pickup for them. So again, you could almost make an argument. Maybe they should go sign a, another corner or just get the best defensive back you can because you have two, I think, starting caliber, certainly with Jalen, but then Kayvon Wallace, starting caliber safeties already. It was a, Coincidentally, it was a position where they had a surplus of quality players. So hopefully the landing spot's a little bit easier. But, man, it it's it's going to be tough now. I mean, the line, as uh, Michael in the chat saying, you're bouncing between 12.5 to 13. I mean, the Cardinals have covered each of these first two games. Can they keep it going uh, this week? I, I hope so. I, I just, yeah. again, I don't want this kind of shadow to fall this team all year. I wanted, as did everybody in the chat, my co's, this victory 
for Jonathan Gannon, these players, because of the immense belief that I have in this regime. And we got to wait another week. Uh, and, um, you know, in the meantime, who's trending up, who's trending down, Bo Brock, for this Cardinal team after a lackluster Sunday? Let's start with you trending up for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's take a look at it. Dennis Gardeck, my God, he is one more trending up away from being on fire. This guy is a man possessed out there, racked up his third sack of the season. Uh, just looks awesome. He fit in the scheme so well. Saw him in coverage. Saw him get after the quarterback. Love what I'm seeing from Dennis the Barbarian Gardeck. Uh, and then you've got James Conner. I know that uh, people wanted to see James Conner put that game away on the ground. It looked like he was doing that early in the in the second half. And then, you know, I don't know if you want to call it bad play calling, bad blocking, bad running. But James Conner over his next six runs wasn't as effective, but... You loved what you saw from Connor. He looked fresh. He looked good in this offense. Went over the hundred, the, the century mark as far as rushing yards and had a touchdown. Uh, James Connor was, you know, a bright st- spot in his trending up. And then for his first two games of, of his NFL career, six overall pick, Johnny, you put it out there on, on your Twitter account at Johnny Venerable. Paris Johnson Jr. has not surrendered a sack. What is he? He's given up uh, two hurries. Is that the most, the extent of, of any yeah, press no, he's given up? So there are three categories, pressures, hits, and sacks, QB hits. He's given yeah. up no quarterback hits. That's after yeah. the quarterback delivers the football and then you allow a hit after the fact. I mean, he's, he's basically been almost perfect in pass protection as a, what, 21-year-old rookie, first-year starter. I mean, it's, it's chef's kiss. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But he was already trending really up for me. You can't get any higher for Paris. Yeah, Johnson. but through two games, I mean, I, I, I was envisioning very positive – Paris Johnson performances, but you know, not allowing Joshua Dobbs to to take any hits. That's you couldn't ask for anything more. It's perfect when Kyler Murray comes back with this offense and how it's situated. And I mean, Kyler Murray wanted Paris Johnson Jr. and he wanted CeeDee Lamb and some of these other players. And Ky- Kyler's looking pretty good with his uh draft resume here in the first round, his projections, that is. Creed Humphrey ring a bell. All right. I like your picks. I agree with all of them. I think they're all doing well. Gardeck in particular. I can't put Gardeck on mine because in all actuality, I'm going to have to buy a Dennis Gardeck jersey. Our guy <laughs> yesterday was telling me he was going to get Gardeck to come on the show, which I'm scared for my life if that happens. But here's my trending up. Josh Dobbs, everybody wanted him benched. Everybody wanted him buried last week. I mean, he played not a flawless game, but my goodness, 28 points for this kid. Had a tremendous rushing touchdown looked efficient but what you can say about josh Dobbs, josh dobbs his, he's got a live arm his arm strength is evident he is not yeah. hampered athletically and kudos to drew petzing they have harnessed that and put it a really solid game plan like of course you'd want more scoring drives in the second half but man 28 points from dobbs after no touchdowns a week ago uh, he's the perfect bridge to Kyler Murray whenever K1 comes back. And when K1 comes back, I'm assuming he's going to target number 85. Well, can, I, can I jump in on Dobbs? And I yeah. completely agree. Uh, you know, complete polar opposite performance from week one to week two. He was way ahead of where I anticipated him being watching the week one performance in, in week two and him coming out there. And if Matt Prater hits that opening drive field goal, Josh Dobbs has led the Arizona Cardinals to six scoring drives including three touchdowns to open the game. They didn't have their first punt, unfortunately, until that when it really mattered, when when the defense just couldn't make any stops. But Josh Dobbs in the offense and under Josh Dobbs, he he does everything that you need to that's necessary to compete in this offense. Some of those throws yesterday were alarmingly good. Like that throw on the run to Rondell Moore that thank God they didn't overturn. That was fantastic. The third down throw to Michael Wilson, like these are not chip shot throws. I think he hundred uh, percent gained a ton of fan base in in or fans in this fan base. I should say he was he was fantastic. I hopefully he can he can build on it. Right now people have more tape on him, but um, he and James Conner together that that was a, a tremendous battery. Cardinals rushed for one hundred and fifty yards and five point five yards per carry and still <laughs> lost the game. I don't want to talk about it. Where are but all your defensive players? You didn't have any defensive players in your training. I'm back up on the screen. Let's see him. No, I didn't because they they didn't perform. Trey McBride. You uh, basically labeled him a bust, I think, earlier this offseason. No, I didn't. He's fantastic. You didn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Highest-rated PFF player for the Cardinals on offense, almost an 80-grade, um, explosive, catches the ball when thrown at him, gives you immense yards after contact action. Um, where you know, I'm not here to bang on Zach Ertz, but anybody with you know 
watching this game, just doing the eye test. Trey McBride's a better athlete right now, and he's turning it, in my opinion, to the best overall tight end on this roster. I love the usage of tight end by Petsing in particular. Give Feed Trey McBride, feed Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson led the team in receiving yards, 56 receiving yards yesterday. Um, again, what this team needs to focus on this year, Bo mentioned one of the um, one of the contributors in Paris Johnson Jr. Paris, McBride, Michael Wilson, these are your significant building blocks for 2023, 2024, and beyond. These are the guys. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that you want to build around with Kyler Murray. Big, physical, right? You think of Michael Wilson, big target. Trey McBride, physical, big target. Paris Johnson Jr., blue chip, prototypical left tackle for the first time in 20 years for this franchise. These are guys that we've coveted. And we've built up, and you see it now. It's evident. These guys are playmakers on Sunday. With all due respect to some of the tweener players and the smaller players, not everybody can be Dennis Gardeck, where it's like he's the outlier, right? Blue chip players like this, this is Trey McBride was tight end one two years ago. Paris Johnson Jr., OT1. You know, Michael Wilson dominated the senior bowl. He's big. He's a prototypical outside receiver. I, as disappointed as yesterday was, if I'm looking at silver linings for that game, it was the contribution of these supplemental secondary players to Josh Dobbs on offense that I, man, fast forward to December, January, I hope they play, knock on wood, no injuries, and get so much better because that's that's the future of this team right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you see Trey McBride, he only gets two catch opportunities again this week, right? Uh, but he makes big plays. You, so you want to see him get more involved. And then you know, I loved what I saw from Trey McBride as a blocker. Yeah. I mean, Trey McBride was a bulldozer out there. You look at how he graded out. He was grading out as far as run blocking, you know, higher than some of the, you know, he had a, just by a, a hair a little bit better than Paris Johnson Jr. He was he was out there moving guys around. They were utilizing him in the in the in the rush game and in the pass game. Uh, he was out on the field consistently. I thought I saw 86 Zach Ertz come off the field more than I saw McBride at least early in the game. So I mean, the, the coaches are paying attention to to where they want to develop these guys. And then Michael Wilson was huge on third down. Two huge third down conversions that I thought were massive for the offense and, and its ability to score points in yesterday's game. And and Michael Wilson, another one of those guys, like two catches in his debut, three catches yesterday, leading receiver as far as yardage. And you, you want to see that continue. I'll take it just being, you know, slow, you know, incrementally getting better. But I'd love to see him pop off too. Well, Trey in particular, I mean, he had a kind of – compromised training camp he missed time with injury so yeah. i'm gonna go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt like he's playing his way back into game shape he's playing his way back into petzing's offense and i thought it would take longer like when they showcased Ertz and he's running with the ones and he's tied in one on the depth chart week one i'm like oh could this be a situation where we're not going to see trey get significant snaps until like mid-season again please don't tell me we're doing that thankfully this coaching staff knows when they have talent they're going to play talent they're going to lean on talent like Keytrail clark in particular that let's let's give these guys the snaps that they've earned because they have immense upside. So uh, again, we're taking our lumps today as a fan base on this podcast with how the team performed in the second half, but th- there are building blocks for this offense, supplemental pieces, right? Not everybody can be an ace. Uh, you know, somebody making big time money, eight figures, huge money for this team, pro bowl or all pro, but man, you need these second and third tier options to build a sustainable winner. And that's what Steve Kime could never do. And I know Kime drafted Trey McBride, but like Michael Wilson at the end of the third round and he's leading your team in receiving yards. I get it. People don't love the Cardinals this year. That's a big deal for this mm-hmm. franchise who has been allergic to finding key contributors, Bull Brock, in the first round. Monty Austin Ford, like I'm ready to declare that a huge success. Like it, to me, it's the only thing that will stop knock on wood Paris Johnson Jr. is an injury. He is going to be at minimum an above average tackle that makes $150 million guaranteed one day from this franchise, if not one of the best tackles in the NFL. Like the trajectory, the trajectory of Paris Johnson Jr. is right now three to five best tackle in the NFL. And that's exactly what you shoot for as a top five to six pick. And Kime could never understand that. And Austin Ford in his first draft said, nope, Ohio State blue chipper, we're taking him. I mean, it's it's not easy, but man, Mm -hmm. he made it look easy his first draft. Yeah, let's take a look at uh, the players trending in the wrong direction. Johnny, you want to give yours first since I went first? Yeah. On the, I right. was so positive, and now I, uh, I'm i not positive. Elijah <laughs> Wilkinson, when they signed him, I, I was frustrated 
because I'm like, well, no way they're going to start him. And then they started him all of training camp and they're, they're in shorts, right? In OTAs and mini camp. Oh, he looks, he looks fine. And he was okay at practice. The games have started and he's got back-to-back weeks of sub 40 PFF grades. And he's been the biggest liability up front. Like they cannot run on the left side. Where are they running right now? Will Anderson or uh, Will, Will Hernandez and Paris Johnson Jr. Like, DJ Humphreys is not at a great start to the season, but I think some of that can be added to the fact that Elijah Wilkinson's playing like a almost like a replacement level player. Like get some get some help. If he can't do it this week, and this is a hell of a test against Dallas, their front seven and Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, Marquise Hayes. You you throw him out there. I see some people saying put Kelvin Beecham. I don't think Kelvin Beecham gives you anything at left guard, but that that's that's one of those things where I think a lot of us were like, mm, I don't love that. And so far, so so far, so bad for Elijah Wilkinson. Cam Thomas, to me, like this was the guy I picked to lead this team in, in sacks this year. Where is he? Where was he yesterday? Like, uh, I, I I get it. Dennis Gardeck, you're riding the hot hand. B. Joe Gilari's picking it up a little bit. Zayvon Collins had a half a sack. Like This is a kid who's got immense strength and power. He, he can dominate against the run when given an opportunity. Coaching staff maybe needs to be a little bit more creative with, with how they get 97 on the field. And maybe this is a byproduct, Bo, of, all the injuries at defensive tackle and they're having to move things around on the fly. I don't know. Maybe you can shine some light on that. But to me, it's when the, when the giants are doing whatever they want, I don't see 97 out there. That's a problem. And then Marco Wilson to me, you know, at once upon a time, I thought he's in line for a big extension. Like I think he Clark's the best cornerback on this roster right now. I mean, Marco mm-hmm. had a tough day with um, <clears throat> his ability to cover one-on-one. Uh, he had a tough, a tough day with, um, his ball skills and, and and got beat, you know, a handful of times. He had one of the lowest PFF grades for this team. His technique was off. Um, you know, I, again, I, I've, I have immense confidence in Marco Wilson, the athlete. And I think he'll get better. But again, if he doesn't have a pass rush, it's going to look like that. Whereas Keytrow Clark was playing one-on-one on the outside. I haven't seen Marco Wilson do that in a hot minute. So I'm not down on them significantly outside of Wilkinson, but yeah. Cam Thomas in particular, Bo, that's, that's a troublesome game yesterday. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, how how long they'll move forward with with Wilkinson and, and the penalties and the ineffectiveness and pass blocking and run blocking and basically everything that his, his he's paid to do. Uh, he, he doesn't. He's I haven't seen numbers that I didn't think Pro Football Focus went that low. Uh, and, I mean, he was right around 20, I think I saw in pass blocking, and, and that was from a performance where Joshua Dobbs was was unscathed, right? But Man, I mean, if if they could, why not? Why not see, you know, maybe this like an Elm Manning that they picked up off waivers if they they liked him enough to give him a roster spot? Why not see if he can compete out there? Could like, it's like, could it get any worse? I guess it could. Like, you could you could get your quarterback hurt, but right. I mean, that's that's like the last thing that's left for Wilkinson to do, and luckily. It hasn't gotten that far yet. Let's look at who I've got trending down. Yeah, I will, I'll say that about Cam Thomas. I haven't been like too. I mean, I'm kind of indifferent. Just be, there wasn't much good or bad from Cam Thomas yesterday. Elijah Wilkinson's absolutely on my list. Um, need to see better play from that position. A lot less uh, laundry on the field, especially when you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole, get some momentum back on offense. Marco Wilson, yeah, it was. You could visibly see that he struggled. You could see it in the grades, and you know, you see the talent there. You saw how well he played in Week One. It kind of sucked, to see, and you saw him play well in Week in in the first half too, uh, but struggled immensely in the second half. Uh, it brings him to trending down, but certainly a guy that can get back on the upswing of this thing. And then I've got, look at this picture. If you're watching on YouTube, you see Daniel Jones. That's not a, a game at MetLife Stadium. In the background, there is just a sea of blue shirts. And it's just it was just disappointing to see not just a smattering of blue shirts, but an overwhelming Giants contingent in, in State Farm Stadium. And I know that there's rebuild going on, but uh, we are here to help this. And I want to get the Red Sea on track. And I, with Dallas coming to town, you know it's going to be bad. I, I just want our I want our fan base to to be excited about this new team. And I know that twenty nothing uh, relinquishing twenty nothing leads and twenty eight seven leads doesn't help, but it would help to have some noise control in there. Went on offense and, and making a lot of noise for the opposing offense out there on the on the field trying to navigate its way back into the game. I mean, that's a, that's a great call out and it's, I mean, it's disappointing. I don't want to see that on trending down, but it is, it is trending down. I, I, I fear it could get worse e- each of the next two weeks 
uh, or two home games. Cincinnati's got a big fan base. And then, of course, the Dallas Cowboys this weekend could be the worst of the worst. So, I, I mean, Chase says it in the comments. You blame the ownership. Yeah, it goes back to Michael Bidwell. I mean, they, they've had a really, really tumultuous tw- 24-month, 18-month period. And this was a stadium that once upon a time would sell out. They would tout the sellout streak like you're dysfunctional on and off the field. Like, you know, you don't get the benefit of the doubt from the fans. So here's what I'll say. I, I want people to go and support this team. Do it on your 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 own accord. This is your money. You decide what you want to do. It's it, it costs a lot, right, to take a family, to go and buy concessions and to park and then watch a team not win for two years at home or win one game at home, right? You got to roll the dice if you're going to get, you know, a star player or two to practice. Now Buda Baker's out. That's hard. People want to see star players. They want to see wins, but they also want to see a spectacle. It was, a, it was an event to go watch Larry Fitzgerald play football, even on bad teams at State Farm Stadium. Like that, you lose that now. So again, kind of back to my original point today. Hey, like you have investments that you're choosing not to make. You're keeping your money, right? And you're going to go through a tough year. Like this is a byproduct of that. Like everybody's got to eat a big shit sandwich this year. And that's really unfortunate for Michael Wilson and Paris Johnson Jr. and these young players. Oh, this is what it's like playing in the stadium? Is it always like this? Where are our fans at? It's like, I don't know, man. It's imploded over the last 18 months. Our GM is a disaster. We had to fire him. Our our coach was a little bit of a fraud. He's gone now. And now, like, where's D-Hop? Where's Chandler Jones? Where's Rodney Hutt? All these, where's J.J. Watt? Like, that. that's the ghost of Cardinal past. And now it's just, this. that's what this team is right now. And we hope that these players can turn into stars and people will pay money to see them because they're all pros and they're on national TV and NFL Network. This team has zero primetime games this year. They're not projected to win one game this year. And then they didn't invest in the team financially. So it's like, this is what you get. So, like, I I understand, like, we're going to have a conversation. Fans are frustrated about it. I don't want to hear a GD thing from the Cardinals. Like, media group, publication, ownership, shut the fuck up. Like, this is your (laughs) fault. This is the product that you prepared. You don't get to complain about it. We do because we can't control the controllables. This is on you. So you have to eat. You think Michael Bidwell is going to enjoy sitting up there in the owner's box and watching, you know, 60,000 Cowboy fans or whatever it is this Sunday. And he's got people on his board of directors, people that support the, uh, you know, the franchise and people that have ad money and stuff's coming in. It's like, where are our fans? Well, you got to earn their way back. They got to come back. And the only way to do that is to develop star players and win games. And they're they're not close to doing that right now. What was that? Uh, before we get to these super chats, what, I, I want to see. I'm curious about Josh's uh, chat here to, to Jordan P. And yet, AZ Cards fan podcast, you're going off about how we're be trading for draft picks yesterday. You blow with the wind. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Is there an argument going on in the chat? That was more about the uh, about the conversation of, about the fan base. But it, I, I I completely agree with all your points as far as you know wanting to show up, wanting to spend your hard earned money, and, and it's not an indictment on the Arizona Cardinals fan because the Arizona Cardinals no. fan there we talk to them every day. I mean, they're in our chat. They're they're in our mentions on Twitter. They're passionate. They're just as diehard as any other fan base out there. It's just unfortunate to go to a stadium, and I understand the circumstances, and see uh, an absolute just half and half fan base versus fan base, and and watch you know Giants make big play after big play, and the stadium erupt in in support of Daniel Jones and the G Men. It it's just it's unfortunate, and you know obviously our trending uh, each and every week it changes. It's gonna it's it's fluid, and you know I hope that. As far as the Cardinals go, and you know, as far as the State Farm Stadium crowd, it trends in the right direction to more Cardinals fans over opposing fan bases. But again, I think it's naive to think it's going to improve immediately. I mean, it it's going to take Kyler Murray coming back and playing good football. It's going to it, this team's going to have to, God forbid, string a couple wins together at home. Like it's you have to earn people's time, attention, and money. Right? People will support obviously the Cardinal brand, maybe from afar. But to invest time and money on a weekend with your family, away from your family, it's it's asking a lot for a product right now that's won two home games in two years, have lost, what, six, seven in a row? They're five and 20 in their last 25 games and potentially only an opportunity to get worse. It's tough, man. So I will like I want people to go to the games when I have an opportunity. I go to the games with my family. But like I'm never going to ridicule people for being like this is just not something I'm interested in doing right now. I can't I can't spend a bunch of money to go watch 
Josh Dobbs play football. Like, uh, <laughs> you're not, you don't have to apologize for anybody for thinking like that. You know, again, I, I mean, said you it missed, on the You missed an electric touchdown run. I mean, that, that's true. That's, that's true. I, I mean, if, if you're cool with that. Yeah. First, it's, yeah. Bit, Arizona Animal Bidwell already said months ago it's about next year's draft. Yeah. They, I mean, they've come out and basically said, like, we are loading up resources and assets for, for 2024. But again, my argument. And they're coming off, they're coming off of a regime that said we're never rebuilding. So it's a complete just right. change and pivot to where you, you go from one extreme to the next, where you're wearing out resources, trying to be competitive each and every year, and, and you're not doing a very good job of it. And then it's the next was like, hey, we're going to be draft and develop. And we're going to we're going to invest everything we can into into scouting college players and then obviously getting ourselves draft capital in order to invest in those players. And then hopefully once they're developed, sign them to extensions and then keep that that cycle going to where before it was a vicious cycle that didn't lead to sustained success. So this is the very beginning of, of that rebuild and the, the, the regime change. And it's, it's going to come with lots of uh, lumps, no doubt about it. If you want to eat your way through your, your lumps <laughs> with, the, with the Cardinals this year, your pain, yeah. may I recommend illegal Pete's uh, so much fun. It should be illegal. Uh, this, this episode of PHNX Cardinals is brought to you by our friends at illegal Pete's. Patio beers are here and because it's NFL season. They're marks the strongest in Arizona. I just I eat and drink my sorrows away, illegal Pete's. It's a great time. It's a great time, Mike, on a night like tonight, a little Monday night football action, custom cocktails, tacos, salads, burritos, nachos, bowls, whatever you want. Legal Pete's is your go-to spot this fall by stopping by happy hour, 3 to 8 p.m. in all 12 locations. Legal Pete's, the go-to stop for burritos, buddies, beers for 28 years, Bo Brock. That and, of course, a new product that you want to take advantage of, our friends over at Wink. Wink and Countdown. Get yourself some drinkwink.com, D-R-I-N-K-Y-R-W-Y-N-K.com. It's a seltzer with THC. Seltzers are all the rage here, but this doesn't have any alcohol in it. It's got that wink of THC. Uh, Of course, summer is not a spectator sport. Neither is fall. Maybe load up Sundays for that THC to CBD balance that you want, that golden ratio with Wink. And also check out its sister product and get ready for a liftoff while you're doing so. For Countdown, it's that nano emulsion cannabis infused beverage that delivers sky-high blast with powerful flavor. Go to drinkwink.com. Figure out where you can buy yourself either Wink or Countdown. They've got it, of course, in 12 states nationwide, including Arizona. You can find them in the Sunday Good dispensaries in the Valley. Uh, but, of course, you can find where they're available the fastest at drinkwink.com. I also want to tell you guys about Fubo TV. So excited. Right now, it's tough to find things like the Pac-12 network, but not when you have Fubo TV. Pac-12 has been fantastic this year. Maybe not ASU, but I still support our Sun Devils through Fubo TV, 140 live channels, sports, movies, news, stream live TV from any device and watch immediately. I love the no contract, no cable, no hassle. I just signed up. I'm watching every single football Saturday. College football is here with Fubo TV as well as Cardinal Games. How about the U.S. Open for tennis, the Ryder Cup? It is my sports go-to streaming service. Watch your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo, go to www.fubotv.com slash PHNX to sign up 15% off your first month with Fubo. But I mean, it's just, it's been an emotional time for the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. You can read about that more at gophnx.com. Yeah. Our guy Howard Balzer, tremendous article, uh, aftermath of yesterday's game, some historical context, which, you know, you knew you give up 21 points, uh, you know, there's going to be some historical context with that, but become a diehard. Our guy Brian becoming a diehard last week, already in the Discord, having fun, chatting it up with Cardinal fans. Like this show, it's therapy. Uh, become a diehard today. Yeah, I was on the in the Discord all of yesterday's game, commiserating with everybody, uh, Giselle in there, everybody having a you know a good time in the beginning, and then watching the collapse happen in real time and keeping the chat going like we have each and every day on this show. Uh, it's fun in the Discord. The only way to access that member Discord, of course, is to become a diehard. Go phnx.com and the phnxlocker.com. Uh, if you're interested in dabbling on the game this weekend in person and supporting the Arizona Cardinals, 
boy oh boy do we have some news for you how about a ticket giveaway bull brock at state farm stadium this sunday as the cardinals take on the dallas cowboys we are giving away two tickets uh it's going to take place this sunday and the drawing is going to be during one of our shows this week how about friday 22nd a friday drawing the cardinals take on the cowboys and we're giving away two tickets for you and a person of your choosing uh i cannot participate so uh i can't take you bo brock but you'll be at the game anyway i will be at the game uh scan the code right now if you're watching live or sign up for our new daily newsletter and you'll be entered to win uh you can find more details of course on our socials at phnx underscore cardinals uh to win your way to see the arizona cardinals pull off the upset against the dallas cowboys would love that. I uh, would love all of you to hit that like button. I know we're in the midst of a doubleheader for Monday Night Football, but Bullbrock, any final thoughts or takeaways as we hopefully close the book on yesterday's collapse against the New York Giants and move ahead officially to Washington? We are going to have a busy Tuesday. We're going to get to talk to offensive coordinator Drew Petzing and defensive coordinator Nick Rollis, get their thoughts on, uh, of course, the collapse from yesterday. And I th- I'm sure there's going to be it's going to be a long day for Rollis, and, and hopefully he's got some some answers. And then we also have our next edition of the All Purpose Podcast tomorrow at 12.30 with Greg Dorch. He'll be back in studio. We'll be chopping up with Arizona Cardinals all-purpose player Greg Dorch. So look for that tomorrow at 12.30. Programming note, we're going to be later tomorrow, right? We're going to, what time are we going to kick off? Cards After Dark with Johnny Venerable and Bo Brock. You put the kids down right, crack open a cold one. Bo and I will be live. How 7 o'clock sound? You, you know, dinner is over. You can come turn on the old YouTube. Bo Brock and I are breaking everything down. Arizona Cardinals tomorrow night, 7 p.m., Cards After Dark. Special programming, one-off potentially, but uh, we got fun stuff planned throughout the day. Check out the Greg Dorch podcast, the all-purpose podcast. Thank you so much yesterday for helping make the post-game show one of the highest shows we've ever done here at this network, specifically for PHNX Cardinals. We appreciate all of that. The likes, the supports, the subscriptions. It means everything to this podcast, Bo Brock. Absolutely does. It's only going to get better from here. Believe me when I say it. Wins, they will come. Johnny, one last opportunity. Are you going to say they're not going on 17? <sighs> Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you tomorrow.